episode number 229 of the Emotionally Equipped for Life podcast. Hi, this is Shira Gura. Welcome to my podcast. I am on a mission to create an emotionally equipped world. I created two simple step-by-step tools that empower you in your life and in your relationships so you can be calm, be in control, and feel better in any moment. I'm the author of two award-winning books, Getting Unstuck, Five Simple Steps to Emotional Well-Being, and The Clear Way, Five Simple Steps to Be Mentally Prepared for Anything. You can learn more about these books and more by heading over to my website, shiragura.com. Thank you so much for choosing to be with me today, and now for today's episode. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you so much for joining me today. So I just want to begin by sharing how excited I am to be facilitating my next course starting this Sunday, and I'm even more excited for the participants who enrolled. This course that I'm going to be leading is actually going to be my first online retreat, because through a bunch of wonderful twists and turns, it has come to me that the in-person retreats that I was running for several years here in Israel, but that I stopped because of COVID, I can now offer online. And while this may seem obvious to you, let me just say it was not obvious to me for a long time. On my retreats, I not only teach my tools and the theory behind them, we workshop together. I offer exercises so the participants can start to apply what they learn directly to their life experience and what's showing up in their lives at that time. And we break into pairs and we do spotlight coaching as a group. And oh my, how did I not think of this before? Well, I am not going to get stuck on it. I'm simply going to stay excited for the participants who enrolled this time around because it's going to be fantastic and you're going to get way more than you signed up for. We begin this Sunday, the 19th, and it goes for six weeks. And I still have a couple of spots left if you are interested to join us or if you know of someone who may be. It's going to be awesome and I can't wait to get it started and I can't wait to witness the transformations that come from it. Woohoo! Okay, so this week's episode is a continuation from last week's episode. So if you didn't hear last week's episode, I encourage you to pause this episode, tune into that one, and then come back to this one. In a nutshell, I shared an experience where my 13-year-old son witnessed me getting stuck, and then witnessed me getting unstuck, and some crying in between. And when he had the opportunity, he asked me, why did I cry? And my response to him was, just like you did earlier, because earlier that day, I coached my son to get unstuck. And so I thought I'd share that story with you today to show you that not only are these tools powerful and meaningful and valuable to your life, when you are trained in them, because yes, I train people in my tools, you can actually beautifully and almost magically coach someone out of their stuck spot. So here's what happened. My kids didn't have school that day. And it was the afternoon and they were bored. And they asked if they could watch TV. And I responded by asking if each of them had already practiced their musical instruments, which they each responded by saying no. So I told them that they had to do that first before they could watch TV. So my 13-year-old went to get his clarinet and my 10-year-old went to get his saxophone. Can you see where this is going? (laughs) So 
When we were in the United States this summer, I was able to track down three music books, which are duets for clarinet and saxophone. They were not easy to come by, but I got them. And since then, my kids have started to dabble in trying to play together, which when it works is amazing, but it's not easy. They need their teachers to guide them. They need a lot of practice and it'll happen. But for now, they're just trying on their own and they're not really being so successful with it. And it's very frustrating to both of them. And by the way, they don't really need to be playing together at this time. I'm certainly not pressuring them to do that. I'm just kind of watching from the sidelines. And so that day, they both got their instruments and they came to the family room and they started playing. And then my younger son said he needed time to practice one of the parts on his own. And my older son respectfully gave him that time by sitting down on the couch and waiting. But what happened isn't what my older son expected. My younger son, instead of only practicing that one part so that he could continue trying you know, the duet together, he started playing all of his other music on his own. And that just wasn't working for my older son. Rightfully so, my older son got mad. He was pissed off that he couldn't play his instrument because he couldn't. They can't practice at the same time in the same room. It just doesn't work. And so he tried his best to explain this to his younger brother, but it came from a very stuck spot. And so what happened basically was a tantrum and it was ugly and it was loud and there were grunts and there were slamming of doors and screams and all of it. And I'm in the kitchen watching it all happen, play by play. Oh, dear Lord. And while I truly believe what my younger son did was wrong, it really was. It was my older son who was stuck. My younger son was just, you know, doing his thing. And my older son was crying his face into a pillow in his bedroom. He was the one who needed help. But I didn't rush to help him. I gave him his space. And then a few minutes later, he returned to the family room and then sat down on the couch with his arms folded. That's when I went over to him. I asked him if he wanted to get unstuck. He let out a grunt. I tried to help him see that his being stuck isn't making him feel good. And while he thinks he has to stay stuck on what happened, he actually can choose differently and he can feel better. He looked at me quizzically. I assured him that it was true. And then he said, okay, I'm stopping. And I smiled because he knows the tool. He just needed a little bit more help from me to go through it. So I encouraged him to put his hands on his belly as he kind of, you know, sat slunched over the couch. And I encouraged him to close his eyes. And he hates when I do that, but he always appreciates it after the fact because it physiologically calms him down. So he took a quick breath like that. And then I encouraged him to try again to take a longer breath, you know. And so he didn't quite do it. And I, I just kept encouraging him two or three or four times again and again until I saw that he was really more calm than just a few minutes before that. I asked him to tell me what he was feeling. Mad, is what he said. 
And I validated him. I mean, I saw what happened. And I told him that he already did the second part of this step, which was to allow his emotions to run through him, right? He did that when he cried profusely into his pillow. And then I guided him to uncover his thoughts. Why was he mad? I mean, you know, it was obvious to me and to him, but still, it's a step in this process that you can't miss. You need to understand and get to the source of your stuck spot, which is always a belief. And he easily answered, right? He said, because he's annoying. And that's his go-to response about his brother for pretty much everything. Again, I get it. But of course, that's subjective, right? Saying someone is annoying isn't a truth. But I didn't want to take my son there as I thought working with another belief might be easier. So I guided him. Do you believe your brother shouldn't have done what he did? Meaning like he shouldn't have continued playing, you know, without him. Yes, he answered as if I were taking his side, which I wasn't. I was just helping him uncover his beliefs. And this is the thought that we investigated. Is that true? Should my younger son not have done what he did? And this is a tricky philosophical question because what happened happened and you can't argue with reality. So while my older son would probably argue what happened shouldn't have happened because he didn't like how it felt, I would argue it should have happened because it did happen. And that's not to say I'm not condoning my younger son's behavior. I am not, believe me. I had a talk with him afterwards about all of this, but it is to say that there is some level of acceptance you need to have when it comes to getting unstuck. You need to accept reality as it is, and then go from there. If you reject reality, you will only stay stuck. Now, I didn't say all of this to my son because I thought it would be way over his head. And so instead I said something like, what happened should have happened because it did happen. Even though it didn't feel good, your brother was being a certain way. And as annoying as that is, you don't always have control over how your brother is being, but you do have control over who you want to be and how you want to respond. And by the way, I'm going to interject this episode for a moment. As I received a comment on last week's episode from a woman named Lori, who asked a question similar to this topic that I'm speaking about right now. So it makes sense just to add that in here, and she gave me permission to do so. She wrote, Hi, Shira. I enjoyed your podcast, but had a question. By saying your husband was being who he was being and that you should accept that, how is that different from saying someone who is abusive is just being himself? I get that you said your husband didn't have a bad intention, so you can argue how that's different, but how do you truly know what someone's intentions are other than taking their word for it? I understand not wanting to let someone else control your emotions, but how about having honest communication? instead of just accepting someone else's behavior as something that is out of your control. Let me know if I misinterpreted something. And so I did respond to Lori, and this is what I said. Basically, I said that the reason we get stuck in the first place is because we reject reality. And if we can accept reality as it's presenting itself, then I can mindfully choose how I want to respond to it right? Like I'm more in a place of empowering myself with what I can do if I first accept this is the fact, right? This is reality. 
rather than being a victim and being like, well, you know, there's nothing I can do about that. So regarding last week's story, what I teach is to first accept the facts, not the story, right? But the facts. Now, in the case of abuse, I see it as challenging because, you know, you need to acknowledge, let's say if it's the case of physical abuse, right? You first need to acknowledge that that's happening. Accepting does not mean liking. It just means acknowledging the fact. That's what's happening. And now that I can accept that that's what's happening, I can choose, right? Will I leave the relationship? Will I say something to somebody else? Will I fight? But the first thing is to acknowledge and accept what is happening. But most people don't accept reality as it is and they resist it because they want to avoid the pain. And this is where I think a lot of addictions begin because people want to avoid feeling the difficult emotions like frustration or boredom or stress or anything else. And by the way, I don't know what other people's intentions are. I never know that. How could I know, right? But that's the point. I don't know. So given the facts, what am I going to do with it in this moment? Now, just one more thing before I go back to the story. I am not an abuse counselor. If you are listening to this episode and you feel like you are being abused, please go find yourself help because this tool in that very moment may not get you the assistance and the guidance that you actually require. Okay. So back to my story with my son, who already accepted reality as it were. So I asked him who he was being when he, you know, when he was like having that tantrum. And, you know, he kind of like smirked. He didn't want to answer. He knew he was being somebody that he didn't want to be. And then I asked him, who do you want to be? And he answered in one word, happy. And I said, you can be happy right now. You may not be playing your instrument with your brother, but you can still be happy. Or you can play in another room right now and be happy. Or you can take a break and come back. But you can choose to be happy if you want. That's available to you all of the time if you choose it. And he got it. And before he got up, I again invited him to do another practice, which is to put your hands on your heart so that he could hold himself in kindness for having gotten stuck in the first place. Because, you know, it's not always pretty when we get stuck. And that was it. He moved on like magic. It was amazing. Like he literally turned the page and released what had just happened a few minutes before. So powerful, my friends. Now, while I usually invite you at the end of each episode to see where you can do something similar that I modeled for you in my story, I'm not going to do that this time because guiding someone to get unstuck requires that first and foremost, you know how to do this for yourself. I would never suggest for you to try to help someone else get unstuck if you aren't successfully doing this on your own. And of course, this is something that I train people to do. So for now, I would like to simply invite you to continue practicing these tools on your own to really embody them and bring them into your life. And don't forget, I still have a couple of spots left on the online retreat that I'm going to be leading starting this Sunday, September 19th, and it's going to be transformative. If you're sitting on the fence, feel free to reach out and I'll see if I can help you make a clearer decision. Okay, my dear friends, thank you so much for choosing to be with me today, wishing you a wonderful rest of your week, and as always, I look forward to getting emotionally equipped 
with you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please share it with a friend or family member who may not know much about podcasting. If they need help, please show them how to subscribe to the show and how they can leave a review. And if you aren't yet subscribed to my newsletter, make sure you do sign up by visiting my website, shiragura.com. I look forward to being with you again next week.